Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this time of worship, and just thank you for the opportunity to gather, to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, there's truly no greater thing we can do on a Friday night, a Saturday, Sunday morning, or throughout the week. It's just lift up the name of Jesus, hear your word preached. Lord, I don't want to speak my words, I want to speak your words tonight, so Holy Spirit, illuminate the sharing of your word tonight and help us to leave this place having heard from you, not just from Derek, but from Jesus. Holy Spirit, open our ears that we would hear what God is saying tonight. And, and Lord, I ask that you would allow us as a nation to see what you did through this unusual situation during a football game and, and let it give us hope and faith for what you can do in our nation and, and even around the world, God. And so help me tonight. Help me as I share in Jesus' name. Amen. That was supposed to be a quick prayer that ended up being not so quick. Nonetheless, here we go. So tonight the title is Damar Hamlin, Stadium Christianity, and the power of prayer. All into one title. I tried to pack it all in there. Damar Hamlin, Stadium Christianity, and the power of prayer. So two weeks ago, Monday night, what happened, Caleb? Two weeks ago, Monday night, remember what happened, the football player? That's right. You know, Noah, do you know what happened? <laughs> that's pretty accurate so I'm just going to go through this so this was and you guys I'm sure heard of this Gloria did you hear about this two weeks ago Monday night football a, the safety for the Buffalo Bills made a tackle and suffered a cardiac arrest on the field I didn't know what was happening I just was doing something on my computer and I happened to go on Twitter and I just see Everybody on Twitter going, this is crazy. This is scary. Oh, my goodness. They have to cancel the game. And so I'm like, what is happening? So I look into it. And, of course, um, they were administering a CPR right there on the field. And millions of people were watching. The whole stadium was watching what was happening. I mean, normally during a, a big football game, this is just so surreal this just does not happen but I want to talk about what happened okay let's uh flag waver go to the back please not I don't want you to hit me here sweetie just go right on back there okay thank you thank you Caleb um so they so right there on the field they do CPR 
and they get a pulse. They take DeMar by police escort to the closest hospital, which was the Cincinnati Medical Center. They get him stable after a few days. They fly him to back to Buffalo, the Buffalo General Medical Center slash Gates Vascular Institute. They test him. And as of today, he's at home. Here's a football player, essentially dies. His heart stops. I mean, if no one rushes to do CPR, he's dead. And, and yet through medical intervention and through millions of people praying, we're going to talk about that, he gets a second chance at life. He gets a second chance at life. I mean, I'm just like, wow. He has made a full recovery. He's now home. And I just want to unpack what I feel has, you know, Jesus said, watch and pray. And there's things that happen. There's, there's things that happen in our culture. There's things that are happening in the nations we have to pay attention to. We can't just as intercessors pray totally disconnected from what's happening in the real world, we have to notice things like, what? oh my gosh, you did something there. Let's keep praying into that. And so that's, a, that's an aspect of watch and pray. But what made this situation different was that there has perhaps never been this much prayer instantaneously lifted up I don't know of any other situation where something like this has happened. Let me just read. This was from a Facebook post of a fan that was at the game. Her name is Jen Sands. She uh, posted something, and then people were sharing it like crazy. But she said this, Let me tell you what you didn't see on TV. Um, She posted this at 10 o'clock after the game was postponed. Everybody went home. She posts, Let me tell you what you didn't see on TV. Excuse me. Not one Bills fan or one Bagels fan left their seat. The entire stadium was almost silent. Imagine that. A huge football stadium, nearly silent. The entire Bills team was around the ambulance. The entire Bengals team was down on one knee. This is what she said. Many in my section, Bills fans and Bengals fans, broke out in prayer. So everywhere she looked, people were just spontaneously praying, Lord Jesus, please help, all over the stadium. It's, she said, I sat and cried with a Bengals fan hugging each other so tight. The teenage Bengals fans in front of me ran to get tissues and make sure I didn't need anything else. Grown men crying. Imagine the real hard, oh, our team's going to destroy your team. Just these grown men crying, weeping. Uh, Strangers linking arms. Bengals fans circled around the Bills fans offering support. Everyone looked shocked. Everyone showed devastation. They said the walk out of the stadium. When people were, they said, game's canceled. We're not going to resume. No one was like, oh, man. Everybody starts walking out of the stadium. She says it's somber, very quiet, very sad. So a huge football game. I mean, massive importance in terms of football. Someone collapses and instantly it's a prayer meeting. Instantly there's a solemn assembly that just happens and people just 
break out in prayer. They're crying out, Lord, heal Damar and God, help us. And they leave quietly. And I just think this is unbelievable. Um, she said, this is bigger than football. I have the exact quote on here if you go look at the notes on the website. So she says that. People who are on television begin talking about it. Obviously, it was a huge, huge thing. A man by the name of Dan Orlovsky, he was one of the football analysts for uh, NFL Live. He works uh, with ESPN. He says on live, on live television, he says, guys, I'm just going to pray right now. And he prays on air. And I've seen there's an estimated range of how many people were watching as he prayed. There was at least 5 million people watching him pray. And that clip of him praying was posted to social media. And I'm guessing tens of millions of people saw his prayer, if not more. And I mean, around the world, it could be in the hundreds of millions saw a and, and Dan Orlovsky he he is a born again believer he loves Jesus he happens to be a football analyst but when he uh when he was it was his turn to talk he said guys let's just pray right now that's that was unthinkable the day before someone praying a, a Christian praying on their radio or their uh, television spot that was just unthinkable the day before suddenly it was okay now, there was all kinds of talk over the next few, you know, ensuing days. One man who was on a different football show, who is not religious, said on his show, he said, now, I know you're religious, and I know you're religious, and I'm not, and to be honest, I don't know how to respond to these situations. I'm, I'm kind of envious of you guys, who you guys can go into prayer, and I don't know what to do. And it, it, it opened up a window. This thing that happened opened up a window, I feel like, into the soul. Just below the surface, there are millions of intercessors in our nation. And, and again, tonight I'm trying to give a little bit of hope. I'm trying to give a little bit of prophetic perspective. But just one person collapsing, a stadium starts praying. Sports analysts start interceding on their football show and millions of people start engaging like, what do I believe? And it's interesting that nobody turns to atheism when these things happen. It's the atheists who question themselves and go, I need a prayer life. I see what you guys have and I don't have that. Isn't that interesting? Now there's that term, there's no atheist in a, in a foxhole. You know, there's, there's uh, when, when human tragedy is presented on live television, and again, this was one person. This isn't war, which is even more severe, I believe, which we're seeing play out in, in Ukraine, but, you know, with Russia and all that. But when, when the, the very thing that we love gets taken from us suddenly on live television, because football obviously... Is, is a beloved sport in our nation. I would say it's, it's even an idol in our nation. 
But when something doesn't go right, there's just below the surface, you can see, wow, that's how people respond. They, they turn to prayer. They turn to intercession. They, they weep. And it's like you're, God's saying, you're, get, you're, I'm showing you this is, this is how we respond. This is how you're, you need to, for the days ahead, this is key. This is something that I'm going to be doing. So Dan Orlovsky prays. Of course, DeMar, is, you know, a few days in, in the Cincinnati hospital and then a few days in the, uh, the Buffalo hospital getting tested. He's completely fine. Now, had a three-year-old about did an altar call. Let's keep him back there for a minute. Oh, here he goes. So I believe that when people pray, God does miracles. And there's critics. They're like, well, God didn't do a miracle. The medical people did their job. That's not actually fully accurate. When people pray and people obey... So there's a whole lot of obedience involved in answered prayer. When millions of people pray, it always involves obedience. Miracles happen. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a man who literally, I mean, his heart stopped, he's dead. He's completely fine today. I think that has a lot to do with prayer. I think it has a lot to do with medical professionals doing their job. It's all intertwined. But we're standing here tonight with good news. A young man who is given a second chance at life. And a lot of people saw the power of prayer. A lot of people who maybe not didn't think of God for a long time. They're thinking about God. Now, what amazed me is a couple years ago, Damar Hamlin started a GoFundMe for... A, um, a child, it was a child care, Mandy? Was it like a pre? It was a, daycare. a daycare. So he, Damar starts a, a GoFundMe a couple years ago, and he, he was trying to raise $2,500 for this daycare. And someone found it and posted it. And by like that night, this GoFundMe for a daycare that DeMar was trying to raise support for, that night it had a million dollars. The next day it was two. The next day it was three. next day it was four. And now it's up to somewhere like $9 million has been given to his fund. He was just trying to get $2,500. Well, now it's $9 million. And the amount of people who gave is in the hundreds of thousands. When people pray, God intervenes, and it tenderizes people's hearts. This is the thing that many critics of prayer and many people who don't pray, Christians who don't pray, they don't understand prayer doesn't just get God to intervene. Prayer tenderizes us. And so when I pray for, Lord, heal Damar Hamlin, my heart tenderizes, and I want to do something. And so uh, there was... Many people praying, going, God, heal him. What can I do? Oh, I can give some money. So prayer isn't to be thought of as something that, okay, I pray, God does something, I do nothing. No, what actually happens is the more I pray for situations, 
God intervenes, yes, he does what we can't do, but my heart gets knit to what he wants me to do, and I'm more inclined to do that. I've seen many people in this room right here who began to pray for a nation or pray for a people group, and a year later, they're serving that people group because they love that people group. They want to be involved in that people group, and we have someone right here in the front row. You know what I'm talking about. God knits your heart and you begin praying and all of a sudden you're you're like, Lord, I want to just help. I want to serve. And boom, all of a sudden you're out there. You're helping. Prayer has a divine element. It has a natural element. Prayer has an element of where God steps in and prayer has an element of where we actually step up. It's all involved in prayer. Where am I going with this? We're getting there. I love what Kirk Bennett posted when this all happened. Kirk Bennett of IHOP KC. I remember uh, following Kirk even when I was a teenager, early 20s. He was, he's been a leader at IHOP for many years. His son Isaac is now a pastor there. But Kirk wrote this on Facebook. He says, I think it's possible that the sudden spontaneous prayer meeting for DeMar Hamlin during Monday night's NFL game might have been and I think this is, this is true. I think this is, this is pretty accurate. He says this might have been the largest, most focused prayer to God for one thing at the same time in modern history. Think about both teams praying, the whole stadium, millions watching, all praying, God healed DeMar. And guess what? DeMar Hamlin's healed. He's healthy. I don't know if he'll ever play again. I'm not going to get into all that. But not only is, is, and guys, there's been so many newspapers, social media news agencies posting images that says prayers answered. And I'm like, yes, even liberal magazines and newspapers are, they're connecting dots that the day before they just would not have ever thought of. And here's the thing. When, Non-Christians see Christians interceding and prayers consistently getting answered, they start getting open. When people who have no idea what they are religiously see Christians calling on God, calling on the name of Jesus, and the things they're praying for happening, and yea, even more than that happening, they start to go, huh. And that's just a small foreshadowing of a church on the earth who's going to act as an intercessory oracle and nations are going to turn to the Lord. Israel is going to turn to the Lord because the church, a called out people in each nation state is going to be praying, Jesus, move in our nation. Jesus, save that people group. Jesus, do this thing. It's going to provoke the ultimate eschatological event, which is the salvation of the nation of Israel, the salvation of the Jewish people. There are little hints and shadows happening right now. Now, I was talking to Mandy about this. We saw COVID just kind of suddenly take over the earth for a couple of years. It was just like one night it was in China and one night it was in America and boom, it was worldwide and it just infected the earth But guess what? God has his hand as well. God has his dealings. And he can, in a night, turn a stadium into a prayer meeting. 
In a day, he can save a nation. There are things that the enemy is trying to do that seem to suddenly overwhelm the earth. And then there's things God's like, I got so much more power. Watch what happens when I turn a stadium praying on live television. Watch what happens. People get up from death. And I know medical professionals were involved, okay? I'm not downplaying that. But God just happened to have the right person with the right skills, and it just happened to all work out, and it just happened to be that he's completely fine and that a whole stadium prayed, and that we're all talking about Jesus because of that. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder how that happened. I think the more the enemy tries his hand to try to steal, kill, and destroy, even on a global level, God's going to go, oh my goodness, I have so much more that I can unleash. And the way God unleashes things is He stirs people praying. Now here's what we think. When we tend to think of a stadium of people praying, we're thinking a stadium of Charles Spurgeon's or a stadium of John Wesley's. We're not thinking of thousands of people who have no idea theologically what they're doing. But this is what's coming. Stadium gatherings led by people, but the multitudes in the stadium have no idea what they're doing. They just know, I, I heard Jesus was moving in there, and a person got raised from the dead, and I want to figure that out, so I'm going, and they're all praying. I, I guess I pray too. We're going to have to take people to school. We're going to have to take people with us to the gathering and help get them like, hey, I know you don't know much right now, but this is how we do things in Christianity. We call on God and God intervenes and our hearts change and good happens and communities transform. This is the way forward. Now, there's the, there's the prophecy that, uh, Crusoe, you've probably heard of these that uh, Paul Cain would talk about the stadium gatherings, the stadium Christianity. You can hear more about this on uh, Mike Bickle's, um, what, what's it called? The prophetic history, the prophetic history, um, where Paul Cain had a vision, he said, for years and years of stadiums filled with uh, people worshiping Jesus. And he saw open visions of uh, the news reporters going to these stadium gatherings and them saying, there's no, there's no news tonight except good news. Good things are happening everywhere. They're, look over there, there's a healing. And look over there, there's a, there's a resurrection. This is coming. This is really going to happen. There's a great awakening on the horizon. And it's so much bigger than we're thinking, but it's going to be different than we're thinking and I'm imagining it will be very similar to what happened in that stadium uh, just two weeks ago where grown men who maybe they love football more than they love Jesus, all of a sudden it switches in that meeting. I love Jesus now, and football's still pretty cool, but man, I'm all in. It's going to happen suddenly, okay? So we have to have faith that God will be God to our nation. I'm excited. There. You know, I think of the story of, how was it, Cornelius, the Roman centurion? Is that his name? Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Cornelius had a prayer life. Cornelius was generous. Cornelius, he called on the Lord. He didn't know Jesus yet. He was reverential, 
toward the God of Israel, but he was not a Christian. In fact, that's the story. God sent an angel to Peter saying, get this guy saved. And so there is something to be said about God sees the heart of an unbeliever. There's many unbelievers. They don't know Jesus yet, but man, they, they, as much as they know how they're trying to connect with God, God sees them. And he's going to draw them to himself. I know that's theologically hard to, to mesh out. But the fact is, there are multitudes of people on the earth. They're not uh, saved yet, but they pray. They give. They, they live with integrity. God's going to draw them to himself. He's going to make sure that the gospel gets to them. I have imagining, or I'm, I'm imagining stadium gatherings many people will have a heart like cornelius and in that stadium gathering they'll hear the gospel and they'll go that's what i i just didn't know jesus i knew i should give i knew i should live with integrity and lead well and do my job right and pray i just didn't know the jesus part of it and they're going to come to know the lord in these gatherings there i have i have a a conviction we're going to see high school gymnasiums civic centers baseball fields, not just the NFL stadiums or, you know, the MLS fields, all kinds of these gatherings are going to start happening spontaneously. I don't know what's going to get us there, but I have faith that this is going to unfold. We just saw one happen just a couple weeks ago. Now, here's the thing. We lost the family. (laughs) I don't know where they went. I have to preach better next time. <laughs> if a man who nearly died can get a stadium and nation stirred to pray, what about when the Holy Spirit releases a blazing spirit of revelation related to a man who not only died, but died for them in their place for their sins and rose from the grave? What if we get a revelation of that guy? If, if, if one human being collapsing can get a, a stadium praying, what about this man who died and rose again? If, if the Holy Spirit reveals this man, the enemy is in trouble. Because you, when you see with your eyes Jesus in his glory, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit reveals him to you, you can't not give your heart to him and want to live for him and, and, be, and give yourself to him. I have a feeling that there was like a, a little something that was released that night two weeks ago. And it's like the Lord saying, oh, when they see my son Jesus, it's going to a whole bigger level. And there's the Holy Spirit's going to do He's going to do it. Now, the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus in 100,000 congregations in our nation. And he is revealing Jesus in hundreds of congregations in our city, and we do that, and we keep doing that. And we, you know, he's revealing Jesus at the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. But I, I believe we do that faithfully, week in and week out, believing also for an even greater outpouring like we've seen in the history of our nation, in the history of our world. Now, I remember in the, the previous uh, revivals that have come, um, the Brownsville revival, many are familiar with that. Uh, there, you know, when, when the revival in Brownsville was at its hottest, I mean, it was like the New York Times was reporting on it. Like it was just, you know, hey, there's a, 
man of God down there. And, you know, and it just, it completely changes the culture when there's revival and when God's moving. And so we believe for these things. So we believe for faithfulness. We believe for doing what God's called us to do day in and day out. We believe for the, what God's doing now. And yet also we're like, Lord, send that next tidal wave. Send that next thing that just fills the parks and the open squares and the stadiums and the civic centers and the high school gyms with prayer and gospel preaching and healing and all of that. We need that desperately. All right, we've got a three-year-old running around. Hey, go downstairs with mama, please, okay? Thank you, guys. Careful, please, careful on the stairs. Just a couple more minutes here. God is good. The power of prayer. Let me just end with a couple thoughts on the power of prayer. James 5, verse 16. James is talking about Elijah. And I love these verses. Um, He says in verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'd be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love how the NIV says this. So James is saying, if you're right with God, when you pray, power releases. When you're right with God, I mean, no one's perfect. There's no perfect Christian out there. Only Jesus is perfect. But when, our, when we're right with God in terms of salvation, when we're seeking to live right with him in our obedience, when we pray, powerful things happen. It's just, that's how it is. If you believe that, you pray. If you don't believe that, you don't pray. Now, there's a lot of Christians today who don't believe in the power of prayer. I just, I don't understand it. The more you pray, the more you see answers and you just become an addict. But at the end of the day, what do we believe? Do we believe what, what our mind says or do we believe what the Bible says? I've learned since I was a teenager, you just go with the good book. You go with what God says in his word. God says that when someone who's right with God prays, it's powerful. A hundred percent of the time, it's powerful. Now, no matter what, what I feel or you feel or what the room felt like, powerful, not powerful, it's always powerful. And it always does something. It's always effective. When my prayer, your prayer hits God's throne, he does something effective with it. It's effectual. It might happen in 10 years, but it's effective. James goes on. He says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He, he's just like us. And he prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So he, he does this little teaching on the life of Elijah. He says, guys... Elijah was as human as you. You and Elijah are very similar. Elijah just prayed. 
So here's the thing. We think, yeah, Elijah, he's a guy in the Bible, so God used him mightily. That's probably why miracles happen. James is like, no, he, you're as human as he was. He, I mean, you're, you're, you're people, you're folk. Excuse me. If we would simply pray and then keep praying like Elijah did, we would see the heavens open and we would see the fruitfulness released if we did what he did. But many Christians, they just go, eh, I don't know about that. I just haven't really ever seen anything. I haven't really prayed. I haven't really tried, but I haven't really seen anything, so it must not work. And God goes, no, anybody. Elijah wasn't special, but he, he just prayed. I assure you tonight, <clears throat> if you pray, you'll see God move. And if you don't, you'll see way less. It's just, it really is real. And so I've tried to just be as consistent as I can in this stuff. We just saw two weeks ago. You know, what I've, what I've, what I've realized is there's, there's a couple groups of people, but one of the groups who's always, no matter what God does, they're not really going to believe. And so, you know, I say, hey, that was a miracle. You know, God healed that man. Well, it was the doctors that did that. But I'll believe if, if he just gets resurrected with no medical help. No, you won't. No matter what happens, you're not going to believe. You're just like a Pharisee. No matter what happens, you're going to say it's not God. In fact, you're going to double down and say it's demonic. There's some Christians who have a childlike heart, and there's some Christians who just have total unbelief. And it's like, no matter what happens, you're just going to criticize it. And so just get saved and get a good heart. But we saw, I mean, this man died. And now, I mean, through a million prayers and a lot of intervention, this man is fine. It's like, okay, that's a miracle. It just doesn't, hearts don't just stop and then come back without God being merciful. Anyway, that's my little spiel there. I want to see more stadiums erupt in prayer. I want to see our culture shift, not just for a few days, not just for a few decades. I want to see our generation enter into a new thing. Crusoe, you were, taught, you were singing tonight. What was that song you were singing about the, uh, uh, um, uh, the uh, new Christianity? Or what was that <clears throat> song? It was striking me. Oh, the, that prophetic word, that shifting, that changing of the uh, expression of Christianity in the whole earth in one generation. It's like, ooh, we saw like a little drip. And it's like, I'm believing for that thing to fully punch through because when it does, it's just going to be totally different and it's going to be a good thing. And so anyway, I just wanted to offer a little perspective on what happened, I think that that was more than just a little glitch in a football schedule. I think God's saying, watch and pray. <clears throat> I can quickly enter into to a nation. I can quickly stir people to pray. And so I take that glimpse and I put it in my heart. And I, it's like Mary, I, I ponder that and I go, Lord, do that more. Get more places stirred up to seek the Lord. We need you so desperately. And so let's remember, there are promises for stadium Christianity. 
Those promises could play out right here. There's promises in the Bible for God to move. Uh, I mean, there's a hundred, there's a thousand promises. I mean, God just says in, in the book of Acts, turn to the Lord and he'll send his spirit. Uh, 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 repent and I will refresh you is the essence of that verse. And so there's like, man, Lord, just pull our community into this right now. Pull a hundred congregations into this Whatever you're stirring right now, set us a praying because we want to see your healing power. We want to see the gospel preached effectively. We want to see more people praying and worshiping. We want to see the full power of prayer unleashed. Man, I'm thinking, if our nation got stirred to pray like never before, what kind of miracles would we see? What I mean, we look at the book of Acts and we're like, oh my gosh, like that would be incredible to see that. And here's the thing, that was the floor, that wasn't the ceiling, that was the minimum of what God can do. There's so many more levels of miracles. I mean, because back in Bible days, there's, there's not even close to the amount of population. Imagine millions of people crying out to the Lord. I mean, resurrections will be common. Healings will be common. This stuff will be normative. Anyway, I'm going way past my time. You get the idea. Let's believe for God to move and let's take this situation that has occurred in our culture and let's be like, Lord, show me what you're trying to do here because it gives me faith for the days ahead. So that's Damar Hamlin Stadium Christianity and the power of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray for all those who have heard this or will hear the recording that this would strengthen them in prayer. We thank you for turning what was potentially a very bad situation, turning it for good. Romans chapter 8. God, I thank you that you have so much good in your heart that you want to do for those that love you, those who are called according to your purposes, God. And I pray, Father, that our nation would continue to shift, our culture would shift, the church culture would shift. There would be more and more gatherings of prayer in our community, in our state, and around the nation. And that we'd be able to look back and say, maybe that was the beginning, right there in, in a in an unlikely place during a Monday night football game where the most unlikely people just linked arms and prayed and called on the name of God. I pray, Father, for this to snowball. I pray that an unbelieving culture would begin to see a church that says we take God and His promises seriously. And they'd begin to see answers to prayer. They'd begin to see miracles and they begin to turn to the Lord because they see a church that is salt and light. Father, we pray your blessing over our community tonight. Even as we go from this place, let your tangible presence, let your glory be upon your people and upon central Illinois and even throughout our nation, even throughout the world, God. We thank you for this time. Encourage us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. 
To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.